Now, how many of you guys really and truly apply things that you learn in church? All right. Yeah. Um, it's really, I believe, every pastor's question to uh, the church that they lead. And the question that they ask themselves, I believe, is how many of the things that the Lord leads me to teach do my people really apply? And when we talk about apply, we're talking about do my people really do? Because you have to understand that God inspires the heart of a pastor in certain topics, in certain areas, in certain directions. That's how God uh, 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 gives messages to preachers, all right? He does it in different ways, but one of the ways is that he will inspire a topic in the, in the pastor's heart, um, and, and, and whenever they go to the Word and start studying, he will reveal all sorts of things that the, the, the pastor themselves never used to see. Uh, uh, and, and the purpose why God does that is for the benefit of his children that God has ordained the pastor to feed. Are you with me? To feed. So, so whatever messages that you hear from the pulpit, uh, it is what God wants you to hear, most of it, most of it. It is what God wants you to hear. It's God who inspired the heart of the pastor to go and feed the congregation or his children. He said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. With what? Chicken licking? Kentucky Fried Chicken? McDonald's? With what? what? What is it that God wants you to be fed with? Say, God wants me to be fed with the word. He asked him the second time. He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, take care of my sheep. How do you think God wants you to be taken care of? Say this, say, the word of God takes care of me. He asked Peter the third time, he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, tend my flock. Are you with me? And then I was sitting in a conference, and a man of God said, if you ever want to see your church grow, don't get yourself occupied with so many activities, conferences with the intention of growing the church. If you have to do conferences, do them for the sake of conferences, whatever the purpose for conferences is. But don't do those things with the intention. He didn't say don't do them. He said don't do them with the intention of growing the church. Conferences and all these kind of things, they don't grow churches. Then I said then, what grows churches? He says if God can trust you with feeding his people with his word, God will send his children to come be fed. Hello? So that was a revelation to me, and I stuck to that, and, 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 and we, we hardly do a lot in terms of outreaches and everything, and we need to fix that. We need to start getting into, Pastor Tepper, we need to start getting into those outreaches and stuff like that. But God has been faithful with bringing people here, and I believe the reason why God keeps bringing people here is because God knows that where I send my people, they will be given the word. They will be fed the word. How many of you guys will send your child to go spend the day, the whole day, uh, be babysitted by people that will starve them the whole day? You know that that family, ah, will you send your child there? No, but when you ask some people to look after your child for a weekend, you know you're never going to Get your child complaining that they never ate, that they will eat, they will feed them. If someone brings their children to you to babysit them, will you starve them? No. So if God cannot trust the church with feeding his children, God will never send his children to the church. Are you with me, family? Hello? So the question is, how many of what God talks to us from the pulpit do we really apply? Put to me on the screen, James 1.22. How many do we really apply? How many do we really uh, 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 practice? Practice in our lives. Uh, James 1.22. Let, let's look at what the Bible says happens, uh, who we are when we don't practice the word. 
who we are when we don't practice the word. Listen to what it says here. The Bible says, but be doers of the word. In other words, apply the word. Be appliers of the word. Be doers of the word. Uh, and not hear us only. So God says we should not just hear the word, but we should do what with the word? Come, 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 help me now. We should not just do the word, we should do what with the word? Please talk to me. We should not be doers, we should, be, we should not only be hearers, we should be? Or was I asking the wrong thing? So what am I Wow. <laughs> Pastor Felix, you're not telling me that. Pastor, you are wrong. I can be wrong. You know, I've been wrong in my life and I'm still going to be wrong. So please, help me. The Bible says we should not be hearers of the word only, but we should be what? Doers. And it says if we are not doers of the word, what are we doing to ourselves? What are we doing to ourselves? What is to deceive? To deceive is to be fooled, right? To be lied to, Right? Is to be misled, right? Is to miss it, right? Is to be wrong, right? Right? Ah, Shem, today I learned right, Shem. Na katela, bon, na kile shapa kadi gita kamo. Orale kwa tilora emu espan. Pasi leti sunte the one heater was not working, so I don't hear anything. Come now, let's have church. You know, talk to you. You talk back to me, all right? The Bible says we should be doers of the word and not only hear us, and if we only hear the word, but we never do the word, we are what? We are lying to ourselves. We are misled. We are missing it. We are deceiving ourselves. We are being fooled. If we are only hearers of the word. Say this. Say, I'm not only a hearer. I'm a doer. I do the word. I apply the word because I believe the word. Amen? So now, these teachings of seed time and sowing, be careful that you don't develop an attitude that this is boring because that will be the trap of the devil trying to steal from you from what God wants you to get. Are you with me? Whenever God talks to you about giving, whenever God talks to you about a seed, he already has a harvest for you in mind. Are you with me? God never talks to you about giving because he's got a need in mind. Uh-uh. God talks to you about giving because he's got a harvest in mind. All the time. In fact, in what Pastor KJ was talking about, open Genesis 1, uh, uh, Genesis 1, 11, 11, 12, somewhere there, after God said, and God created all the things that are on the earth and stuff. Um, um, uh, yeah, Genesis 1.22. Is that, is that the one? Listen to what it says. Uh, then God said, uh, oh man. Is it 8.22? Not 8.22. Uh, one, in the beginning, not, not the earth remains. Yeah, he's quoted that one, but not that one, ma'am. I'm looking for, uh, it was there. You moved it. You moved it. It was there. Then you guys moved it. One eleven. Is it 12? One twelve, one twelve, okay. And the earth brought forth. Okay, go to eleven. Go to eleven. Then God said, "Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, right? And the fruit, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind. Who's come now? What is going on? Whose seed is in itself?" Remember, he spoke about a peach, and then he said, uh, he asked a question, when you eat a peach, do you eat, eat everything? And then we said, no, we don't eat what? The seed, because the peach comes with what? So, it's, so, so according to that, everything that God gives us comes with a seed to, to reproduce itself. Are you with me? So, 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 so the peach that you are eating God don't want that peach to be the last peach that you eat. God allows you to enjoy the peach and also have the ability to plant for another peach. Are you, are you with me? So that's how God thinks. That's how God operates. Everything that he gives you, there's a seed in it 
to produce that thing again so that you don't keep going to God asking for things. Things are locked up in the seed. We don't go to God, Lord, can I have a seed, a peach? Can I have, uh, 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 what, apples? No. We just go to the store and buy apples. Why? Because seeds were planted for apples to keep being produced. You know why we keep going to God for needs, asking him for stuff? Because we never plant. We eat the seed. We eat the seed. That's why we keep going to God to ask him for things because we did not plant. And God does not give us things. God gives us seed to plant for things. God is not in the business of giving. He did all the giving that can ever be. On the cross, everything was done. Tetalus died. It is finished, Jesus said. It is finished. What is finished? Everything that will ever be needed, everything that will ever have to be done, it's finished, it's accomplished. There's nothing else that needs to be done. So the only thing that has to be done now is for the, the, the system to keep on working. And what system is that? Seed time and harvest. It's there just to continue working. It's a system that God established long ago. And if we can really get our minds renewed, get our minds changed to this principle of seed time and, and harvest, I promise you we will have less that we ask God for. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want there's no need for me to want because I reap. I don't walk in want. I walk in harvest. I, walk, I don't walk in want. I walk in, in a harvest. I keep on reaping because I'm a sower. And what does a sower do? Say A sower sows. A, sower, a farmer does not eat his seed. A farmer plants his seed, and he is the harvest of the seed. Many of God's children, many of us, we want to reap where we never sow. We want to reap. We want things that we never sowed seed for. Yet that's not how God operates. God does not give you things that you never sowed the seed for. Whether it's a seed of prayer, whether it's a seed of faith, whether it's a seed of money, whether it's a seed of thought, whether it's a seed of whatever seed, but there will be a time to sow seed. As long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, will never stop. Now, most of what we've been talking about, you've heard before. There's nothing that we are talking about on the pulpit here that is a, a new thing that you're hearing. We, you've heard it before. But why is God keep taking us back to it because we have not yet applied it. We've heard it before, but how many of us can say what I've heard before is 100% producing in my life, is, 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 is working in my life? No. Why is it not working? Something is wrong with the one that is applying. There's something wrong with the one that's applying, with the doer. There's something wrong with us. There's something we're missing. It's either we are not consistent in it, or we are not really convinced of it, or we don't really believe in it, or we think God was just bored when he said these things. But there's something wrong if we don't see these things come to pass that are in the Bible. If it's in the Bible and it's not being experienced, there's something wrong with the doer. So we want to find out what's wrong with our part. Where are we lacking? So that we can go and make adjustments in our lives. So that we can start becoming doers of the word. Doers of the word. Why, is, why are we not seeing these results? Are you with me? So we've seen, we've talked about these things before. But hey, we, we can never come to a point where we say we've had enough of the word. Never have that kind of attitude, I've had enough. If you, listen, that is the devil's trap right there. If you have an attitude or we get to a point where you're not, I've had enough of this. Just know that the devil is busy talking to you. Are you with me? I don't mind how many times I hear it. I want to keep hearing it and keep hearing it because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and continuous hearing of the same thing. The word of God. Amen. 
So we need to keep hearing this thing. We should not stop hearing this thing. Is it true, family? This, 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 what we're talking about is, is faith. It's faith. Faith still works. It's still God's way. It's still a way of, of pleasing God. Faith is still a way of pleasing God. It's still a way we see God's best in our lives. Are you with me, family? It is still the way we should live. The Bible says the just shall live by faith, not salary. The just shall live by faith. God never intended, intended for us to live by salary. Our salaries, your salary is a, is a bag of seeds. It's a bag of seeds. Read it. But it's difficult to, to grasp this, I know, because of our thinking, the way our thinking has been trained. That's why God says we must renew our minds. And it's a process. It's not a one-time event. It's a process. It's a process. So you can't judge me with my level of thinking because maybe your level of thinking is, 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 is ahead of me. No. That's just God's grace on you that you're ahead of me. But we are all in the, in the process of, of getting our minds changed, getting our, our minds renewed. Amen? Some are quicker than others. Some are slower than others. So it doesn't matter. Let's keep going. That's the point. Don't judge someone because you feel like you got the principle before they did. Don't do that. Lest you lose it again. Go with me to Genesis 22. Genesis 22. Let's go, let's, let's go read a story where this, this principle was applied in a way that is a bit strange. Genesis 22. We're going to read from verse 2. Now, this is a story where God asked um, Abraham to go offer his son as a, as, as a sacrifice. Remember? The, the very son that, that God helped him trust him for. Remember, he had no son. And, 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 and uh, in his old age, God gave him a promise. And, and this child was born by faith <laughs> through the principle of seed time and harvest. God led him and, 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 and helped him trust him for the promise to come to pass. Remember? And, and, and now the promise has come to pass. The child is born, you know, even though Sarah was in unbelief because when she heard that she's going to, you know, conceive a child in her old age, what did she do? She laughed because she was like, how can a woman so old, you know, you know be pregnant? But, but, but God again showed that he's the God of the miraculous. And he did what uh, uh, medicine cannot do. <laughs> Amen? And, and I don't know what happened with our brother or our father of faith, Abraham, but he felt some life in his body, and he produced, man. He produced. Amen? Praise God. And he's old age, so never give up. I don't care how old you are. If you have not yet married, there's still hope for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, shit now. Uh, now, every time I say shit now, I think of Mama Lewis. I never hear her say shit now these days. I don't know whether she shot herself, you know. Praise God. All right. Genesis 22, verse number 2. Then God said to Abraham, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. How many sons? Your only son. You know, sometimes when you look at how God operates, you will think, but you don't think for others. Amen. I mean, this is his only son. Take now your son, your only son. And, and you know, there's a lot that you can learn from that. Uh, another thing, what you learn from that is that, listen, Ishmael was existing at this time, right? Was he existing? And, 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 and Ishmael, no, let me not go there. Let me not go there. Let me not go there. Let me go. Must I go there? No, that, that, that's just going to take me. No, no. Ishmael, ooh, 
Ishmael was not born of the seed of God. Ishmael was born of the seed of the flesh. Ishmael was the work of the flesh. It is when man tried to do for God what God wants to do for himself. You know, there are times where we want to help God with what God wants to happen. And we step into what is God's and we say, Lord, let me help you do this thing. So what happened is that God gave a promise that you're going to have a son. And Sarah laughed about it and said, Haha, in my old age, how can I get pregnant? And she said, oh, maybe God wants to use some of my helpers, some of my maids, some of my concubines so that he can offer us a son. Some husbands are saying, I wish my wife could have that kind of mindset. <laughs> but hey, so what happened is that... Uh, the, the wife said, sleep with one of my helpers. This is how God will probably provide because me, my womb is dead. I'm old. There's no way I'm going to give you a son. And the husband agreed. I don't know what husband would disagree in a deal like that. <laughs> because if God was to come and ask, we'll say, Lord, the woman you gave me, blame it on the woman again. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> All right, come down now, Pastor Abby. Come down. So, but here's what happened. So they decided to help God with what God wanted to do himself. So God did not recognize that. God did not recognize that child. That child existed, but unrecognized by God. The Bible says whatever is not of faith is sin. The things that we do outside of faith, God don't recognize that. They said to him, God, God, we cast out demons in your name. We raise the dead. I don't know if they said they raised the dead. But he said, listen, we laid hands on the sick. And he said, depart from me, for I never knew you. Lord, how did you not know us when we used your name to heal the sick, to cast out demons? Because they did it on their own authority. They did not do it because God said they should do it. Someone can ask, but why did it work? Come on, it's because of the name. <laughs> it, it, it's got nothing to do with anything else but the name. Because even when the demons hear the name, the Bible says they tremble. So don't take credit on what the name does. It's not you that did it. It's the name that did it. The name that you used. Are you with me? But God did not recognize them, even though they did things in the name. There are many today, they are doing things in the name. And they're deceiving the body of Christ. The body of Christ thinking that, hey, that's God because his name is being used. Just because his name is used does not mean that God is in it. So now, God said they will have a son. And they went about to bring to pass what God promised in their own way. And now when God spoke to him, he said, take your son. Please bring back the scripture. Take your son, your only son. Lord, what do you mean? Because now Abraham could have been confused. Because God said, take a son. He said, I've got two sons. He could have maybe taken the wrong son. So God said, no, no, no. Let me be specific because God is a God of specifics. That's why faith is specific. So he said, take your son, your only son. And I'm surprised that Abraham did not argue with God because I would have said, Lord, what do you mean my only son? What about this one? Hello? No, he said, your only son, whom you love. Lord, I will love the other one too. <laughs> you know? All right. But that's not what we're talking about. You don't have to pay for that one, right? Let's stick to what we're talking about. He says, take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moria. Is that where Moria comes from? <laughs> All right? And offer him there, their way, in the land of Moria, right? Offer him there as a burnt offering. Come on now, God. My only son that I trusted you for, offer him there, right? As a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Continue. Continue. Come now. 
So Abraham rose early in the morning and settled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Now, we see now that Abraham did not just hear God, he is now doing what God said. He's not only a hearer of the word, he's also a doer of the word. So he is now, early in the morning, he woke up and he's, he's doing what God told him to do. Say obedience. All right, let's continue. Then on the third day, uh-uh, is that the one? All right. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Yeah? Continue. And Abraham said to his young men, remember he took two young men and Isaac? All right? So, so he said to, this young, to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I, meaning Isaac and I, will go yonder and do what? And do what? And worship, and we will come back. Listen, listen, listen. I, I can preach 10 days from that line only. Faith right there. He said, we will come back and do what? We will come back after worshiping. Already, Abraham's mindset is on God's provision. I said God will provide. Already, Abraham's mindset is in God providing. Listen, he knows what God said. God said, take your son, your only son, the one you love, and go and offer him as a sacrifice. He knows what God said. But he says to his young man, stay here with the donkeys while me and my son are going to not offer as a sacrifice, but are going to worship. Worship. The seeds that you plant as a sacrifice, that is your act of worship. That's your act of worship. When we take the offering and the bags are going up and down, that is an opportunity for us to participate in worship. Our giving is an act of worship. Say, I worship God in my giving. So he said, the lad and I will go and worship, and we will come back. Now, he is already declaring those things that be not as if they were. He's already declaring that God, he knows that God said, go offer your son as a sacrifice. But he's already telling the guys, we will come back. We will come back. So Abraham's mindset is not on what he has. His mindset is on what God is going to do. He's declaring what God is going to do and he's telling people already of what he's going to do. He said, we will come back. Abraham, God said, offer him as a sacrifice. Abraham says, we will come back. Abraham, God said, offer him as a sacrifice. You're going to kill your son, according to God. Abraham said, we will come back. We will come back. I lost my job. I will come back. They took what I owned. I will buy again. Hello? Hello? My, my idea got crushed. I will have another one. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, they, 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 will, they left my church. They will come back. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. My car got stuck. It will come back. God will replace it with a better one. Hey. Woo! Shit now. <laughs> I almost says behave, Pastor Abby. No, say it. They divorced me. I will come back. <laughs> Hey! Say, I will come back. Shout, I will come back. In other words, God will do it again. I said, God will do it again. Shout, it, said, God will do it again. I lost my fire for the Lord. God will do it again. God will do it again. My prayer life is going down. God will lift me up again. Woo! He will lift me up. He will do it again. He will come back. Woo! 
Hey! And again, because he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above. Woo! He, he is a God of abundance. He is a God of more than enough. Woo! Come on now. Just bless the brother. Bless the brother. Bless the brother. Shit now. Hey, ho, devil. You got to go. Hey, 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 hey. God has run out of ideas. Hey, hey, you are going down. Hey, hey, things are not the same. I don't know who your trust is based on, but my trust is based on God. It's in God who can do it again. Now, quickly, continue. Let's continue. Because there's, so, there's more, there's more. Wait, there's more. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering. Woo! Pastor Temple, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. You're going to stand there again. I'm going to pull you again with the water. So, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. Hmm? Now, now continue. Now, look, look at Isaac. Look at Isaac. But Isaac spoke to his father. He said, Dad. Dad. Here am I, my son. Then he said, this is Isaac speaking. He said, Lord, Dad, look. The fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Now, 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 this indicates to us that Isaac has been here before. This is not the time he is, he, he, he is a part of offering being this kind of exercise. He's seen his father do burnt offerings. He knows how burnt offerings are done. He knows what it takes. He knows it takes a lamp, it takes a fire, and you know, so he says, the fire is here, the wood is here, but where is the lamb? Because in my experience doing this with you, there's always a lamb. <laughs> but he does not know that he is the lamb. So he's asking the father, dad, where is the lamb? Because this cannot be done without a lamb. Everything is in place but the lamb. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Next verse. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide. What did Abraham say? My son, God will provide for himself. <laughs> God will provide what? For himself. How does Abraham know that? He's been here before. God provided the very lamb, Isaac, for himself. He knows, I tried to help him with Ishmael, but he disregarded Ishmael, and he provided for himself through my old age wife, through my dead body that cannot produce, but God provided for himself by teaching me faith and how to exercise my faith. So the same way God provided you, he will provide for himself a lamb. He will provide for himself a lamb. So the two of them went together. They went together. What are we learning here? Family. Whatever dream God gave you, Whatever future God showed you, whatever desire God placed in your heart, God will accomplish it for himself through you. You, you do not need to help him. The only thing you need to do is to cooperate with him. But if you just avail yourself and allow God 
to work it out through you. And you make sure that every step you take is led by the Lord. You make sure that your steps are ordered by the Lord. You make sure that the word of God is the lamp unto your feet and the torch in your darkness. If you make sure that you just do what God says, sometimes you may not feel like doing what God says. Sometimes you may not have the resources probably to do what God says. But just keep going and just do what God says, even though it's difficult, even though it's hard, even though it's painful, even though you need a break, just keep on doing it. Disregard your feelings. Besides, you can't trust those things. Feelings can't be trusted. They will betray you. Remember there was a time you felt like not coming to church? Today you are in church. What happened to that feeling of not coming to church? Feelings are not consistent. Our decisions must be consistent. Hello? Is my time up? There, there are times I don't feel like preaching. There are times I show up, I've got no word to preach to you. But you will never know. There are times I'm like, Lord, I mean, I don't have word. Maybe my week really was challenged. I did not have enough time to really, you know, get in the presence of God and, 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 and get a message from God. I tried all sorts of things to inspire myself. You know, as a preacher, you will try a lot of things to inspire yourself to bring forth the word. Listen to other preachers to, to inspire you. You get into worship to inspire you. You do things, you, you know, pray in tongues, do whatever. But there are times where your week is just a mess. <laughs> yeah, well, my week has been a mess this week, by the way. It's been a mess. But anyway, don't worry about that. But we keep going. We keep going. We do not faint. We do not lose heart. We disregard these lies of our feelings. And we do what we know. And we know that the word of God is true. Am I still okay with time? Am I out of time? Is that the reason why he's praying or he's helping me minister? He's not helping me minister. Be not be deceived. Mm. Abraham was in faith. Abraham was in faith. And we should be in faith. And our trust should be on what God has promised. God is faithful. Amen? I will close it up here because they say I'm out of time. If I step into others, we will not go home now. But this is what I want to encourage us as a church. When an opportunity comes for you to participate in giving, Let's be careful of our mindsets. And let's have the same mind as Abraham had. And when God said, offer your son, I mean, probably all of us, if we were to hear that in our sleep, or an angel were to appear in our room with all of God's glory and say to you, God wants you to offer your son, your son, your only son, as a burnt offering. I'm sure you will tell that angel where to get off. Because my, your mindset will switch into, excuse me, God, are you right in your mind? How could you ask me of such a thing? Hello? But there's something that God was doing right there with Abraham. You see, this very son that God required of was the same son that God provided for. And, and, and it sounds a bit contradictory because the Bible says God does not give and take. Hello? He can't give you something and take it away from you. The Bible says the gifts of God are irrevocable, irreversible. 
So in other words, God does not change his mind with the gifts that he has. Even though he has given you the gift of being a beautiful singer, you can be drunk all you want. God won't take the gift away. So just because you're operating in gifts does not mean you are with God. That's why we don't run after men of God because of the gifts we see through their lives. It's a gift. They didn't earn it. I can be preaching well, preaching a storm. That don't indicate that I'm with God. It's a gift. And he's anointing on the gift. Then how do we, how do we, how do we measure them? How do we know them? How do we, how, do we, how do we determine whether they are real ones? The Bible says you shall know them by their fruits. Which fruits? What kind of fruits? Galatians 5.22. Love. How is their love walk? Joy. Are they always depressed? When things go wrong, they're depressed. When members don't come to church, they're depressed. Where is the joy? The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my Their love walk. Their joy. Love. Joy. Peace. Peace. No, they only have peace when they have money. Uh-uh, that's fake peace. Because when money goes, peace goes. I'm talking about the peace that comes from the Prince of Peace, which is Jesus, the source of peace. How, how are, are they in peace? There may be chaos in their lives, but are they in peace? Or when chaos is in their lives, they are also in chaos. Coyotic, oh, how is English saying it? So in other words, they live according to circumstances and situations. Their lives is determined by what's happening around them. No, no, my life is working according to what the word of God says. The word of God says, I shall live in perfect peace because my mind is stayed on him. I put my mind on Jesus and Jesus gives me his peace. You can take my car, you can take my money, you can take my whatever, but I will still remain in what? Peace, because those things don't bring me peace. God gives me peace. So it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's kindness. Kindness. Put Galatians 5.22 on the screen, please. Kindness. Some preachers are mean and rude. Pastor Felix, you know, they can't even smile. They think the presence of God comes, come on. They can't smile. They are so unkind. Hello. That's not a fruit of the spirit. Put it again. It's not a fruit of the spirit. The Bible says love, joy, peace, long kindness, long suffering, kindness, long suffering. There's patience. 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 Be patient with people. Be patient with people. Be patient while you wait. Patience is the language of faith. Don't be in a hurry. When things are not working out, now I'm giving up. I'm not doing this again. Excuse me. Fruits of the Spirit. Patience. You think this church grew up overnight? There are times where, Pastor Felix, I look at the offering of the church. I said, Lord, can these bones really live? <laughs> I look at the offering and I'm like, Lord, how are we going to pay the lights? The rent, driving in my little Corsa, going from Kempton Park to, to, to Rodiport, when there's Christian growth five days a week, drive everybody in my little Corsa, go reserve in that, go reserve, not knowing when it can stop. Hello, Matata. But God says he's growing the church, we keep going. Pick them up, take them to church, sit with them while they're being taught Christian growth, take them, bring them back to Rodeport and go back home to Kempton Park. <laughs> God will provide. I've been stuck with the car, but to my surprise, I've never been stuck with the car doing God's work. Really? I'm like, Lord, you are so selfish. But probably it's because the other things that I was doing when I got stuck, they were not by faith. They were not of God. It was the Ishmael's. God is not involved in Ishmael. 
So when I was doing the Isaacs, God made sure that I don't get stuck. <laughs> oh, shit now. Are you with me? Goodness. Be a good person. The Bible says goodness and mercy will what? Follow me all the days of my life. I don't just want them to follow me, Pastor Felix. I want them to overtake me. <laughs> Hello. Say goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God is a good God. His children should be good people. Be good. Be a good person. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. What is faithfulness? Faithfulness. Being trustworthy. Am I right? Be, being dependable. Will God find you where you said you're going to be? You said you'll be in church every Sunday. Will God find you there? Or based on how you feel on the day, God won't find you there. You lack faithfulness. You're not dependable. You're not trustworthy. Imagine if God did not have assurance that I will show up to church and preach to his children if I, could, I was not dependable to God like that. Imagine if the worship team were, were, was not faithful or trustworthy where God can trust that they will be available on Sunday to worship and usher his his. his his children into, into his presence. Imagine if God could not depend on them to do that. God will always test before he trusts. Can you be trusted? Have you passed the test? Those that are faithful with the little things, God will make them rulers over much. You want much, but you keep failing with the little things. Become a master of the little things. Come to church on time. It's a little thing. It's a little requirement. Be faithful in being on time for church. The same way you are faithful in being on time for your job because of salary. So be faithful to church for God. Believe. That song is very wrong. That part is very wrong. I just said what I said. I don't believe. You are led by the devil, whoever is operating there. Get ye behind me, Satan. Faithfulness. Give me the next one. I'm, I'm wrapping up. Uh, Mr. Lizard, I'm wrapping up. Um, wrapping up. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Don't be rough in your responses. Think before you speak. Be gentle. Consider what you're about to say. Consider what you're about to do. Think about it. That's what Pendulum and Jonga too yet a peasant's clash. Yes, Felix. Slip of tongue. If you are gentle, you'll never have a slip of tongue. Huh? Be gentlemen. Be considerate when you talk. Don't. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. You see now, you see now. Developerators, you see. Don't, don't. But that song is in line with what I'm saying. Hallelujah. What the devil meant for evil, God turns it around. For the good. Hallelujah. The Bible says your speech, your speech should be, help me with the Bible now, Dean, should minister grace to the hearer, <laughs> the Dean of the Bible school. Your speech should minister grace to the hearer. When now when people listen to you after you speak, oh, they are crushed, they are defeated. They feel like, oh my goodness, I thought I'm born again, can't take it, Satan. Let your speech build. Let your speech encourage. Let your speech refresh the hearer. 
Let people, when they walk out of your presence, feel like going back. Because it was nice being around you. You know, there are people that when you're around, you can't wait for the time to end. <laughs> there are people, it's like, you're never fit. Because it is not nice here. Be gentle. Amen? And then it says here, self-control. You must bump yourself. I know the flesh sometimes wants to spam. No, no, no. By doing that, you deserve praise. Are you with me? Spam, man. In Yama, sometimes you have food, man. Spam, Yeah, sometimes we, we go overboard, but ish, we try again. Tell the person she says, Spam. Mamel, Mamel, Mamel. Baba I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There is no excuse for outburst of anger. No excuse for it. Isn't that you've got the power. There is no excuse for anger. There is no excuse for anger. We need to repent for getting angry. When you think of the last time you were angry, you must, yo, you must think far back. Yo, but when you think of the last time you were happy, it must be just now. There's no excuse for outburst of, 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 of anger. Throwing your voice out loud and screaming and shouting. Who, who are you shouting to? Who, who, who you think that person is? That's a child of God. Whose God's anointing is upon them. Huh? And then you have the nerve to do that and walk away and not say, I'm sorry. You selfish thing, you. Self-centered. Huh? You, you don't even say, I'm sorry. You know you did wrong, but you can't say, forgive me. Who do you think you are? I'm sorry that you don't even have to pay for or buy. It's free. It's free. No church. Hmm? Just because you're a pastor, you never say I'm sorry to your congregation. I, I apologize to these guys. When I do wrong, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm anointed. I never say I'm sorry. You will lose the anointing. You will lose the power. Amen? Did you guys get something today? 